Levo to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Levo just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 911, I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Lebel, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Grateful, oh yeah, able, oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me, I have Hockey at Helen Back, episode number 75. I'm Brady Liebel, coming at you live from Elmer. Oh. Uh, I mean, Muskoka, Ontario. I've Whoa, 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 whoa. What is going on here, buddy? Who is this guy? Lando Snipes. That is not the real... Brady Lebel, welcome to the show, Lando. Lando, you absolutely nailed your Halloween costume here. This is going to be a very heavy episode, one that I'm very excited about. We're going to get to Todd Holt in a minute, but 
You guys, if you've watched this show, you've seen Lando on here before. He's one of our puck support warriors. He's a great kid. I've had the pleasure to meet him on multiple occasions. Uh, I even got to introduce him to one of his idols, Zach Bell, this summer, which was very cool, Lando. And I know you guys have been able to connect since then. But Lando, he chose to be me for Halloween. And I'm going to turn the music off for a second uh, and bring this the proper background picture up, Lando, because I just want to, before I let you go here, I want to just say how much it truly means to me. Um, I'll try to hold back the tears here because we haven't really talked about this. Um, a lot of people are familiar with my story. Obviously, you saw it in the intro there. And, you know, I have kids of my own that I'm not even, you know, connected to at this time in my life. Um, they're pretty ashamed of me and 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 for some for good reason. Um, but, you know, there's some kids out there like you, Lando, that have, you know, seen my story and I guess kind of look up to me and you kind of taken it to that next step. And, you know, when, when I saw those pictures and I want to just bring a couple of them up because you and your mom and dad, they're like recreated, you know, the exact pictures that were taken. Um, and there you are with the blacked out teeth. Uh, there was only one instance, Lando, when somebody was me for Halloween before. It was my best friend, Connor. It was back in high school. He was a skater. I was a preppy. We kind of crossed and, and we were each other for, for Halloween. I never in a million years thought anybody would ever want to beat me again for Halloween. It was an ongoing joke. Every time you see a prisoner or somebody from jail, oh, they're Brady for Halloween or whatever. But you took it upon yourself to dress up like me. And I can't tell you how much it truly means to me. I love you, buddy. I love your family. And it just meant so much to me. So thank you, Lando. Love you too, Brady. It, it, it really meant the world to me. Is there, is there anything that you'd like to say before, before we let you go and, and we leave you with a sponsor, but we're going to leave you behind, behind the scenes. You can chime in in the chat and um, just thank you, man. I, I can't say how much that truly meant to me. There's been a lot of cool things that have happened, but that to me, I never thought I'd have kids looking up to me again after the things that I've done. So thank you. It honestly, it just, it made my entire year, buddy. I can't say it enough. So thank you, Lando. And thank you, Cass and Troy back there. I love you guys as well. I just wanted, I just wanted to tell you something. Um, so there was somebody that I um, went to adore and they actually heard about your podcast and watched a couple episodes of it. Very cool. Very cool. Like on Halloween, they, they knew, like you said, who were you and they kind of knew who you were. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Stop this. Stop this. Now I'm not going to be able to get out of the door. My head will be too big, Lando. Come on, buddy. <laughs> okay, listen, we're going to turn it over to a sponsor. Lando, thank you so much for doing this. You're an absolute trooper. Um, fantastic job. We'll be right back with Todd Holt, but not before we hear from Regan Bartell. And who, Lando? Do you know the sponsor? True. No, well, that's the main sponsor. You got that one. They'll like you for that one. But we're going to hear from Team Issued, Regan Bartel. Lando, you're the man. Hi there, it's Regan Bartel, the play-by-play -play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssue.ca promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you to Regan Bartel, uh, the guys over there at Team Issued. And 
thank you, Lando, man, again. That was just awesome. And I just wanted to share that with you guys because I share openly and honestly. And just been a, a wild year. So many great things have come true. Um, just meant the world to me. Uh, but there's a lot of people tuning in right now because they want to hear uh, what my guest Todd Hold has to say. They maybe want to hear what I have to say with the craziness that has been going on in the NHL surrounding my friend Kyle Beach, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. And honestly, I'm not going to be surprised if we're going to hear about a lot more down the road. And it's my worst fear. But you guys, before we go any further, I just want to show off. You guys know I always dedicate an episode in memory of one of those that we've lost. But tonight, I want to dedicate this episode to anybody who's ever been sexually assaulted. I am one of those people. I am a survivor. If you are out there, you are not alone. I felt alone for so long. And the minute that I didn't have to carry it by myself anymore, sure, it wasn't just all of a sudden gone and easy, but things have continued to get easier. So if you're holding on to something, before we get into this conversation, I know my guest is probably going to reiterate these words, but there are people out there that care, and I promise you're not alone. I don't have an intro, a pre-recorded one. I want to speak this one straight from my heart. I'm very excited, very honored to have this. My friend Todd Holt join us here in just a couple moments. If you guys have watched this show, you know Todd has been on the show before to share his story through junior hockey, through playing with the Swift Current Broncos, a team that I also played on. Todd was part of one of the worst eras of junior hockey, the Jam Graham James era. And Todd has not only just come on this show, but for years and years shared his story tirelessly in hopes to help others. And we are very blessed to have him on the show tonight to break down what's going on in the NHL. And before I go any further, let me say again like I did the first time he was on the show. When I first walked into the Swift Current Broncos room back in 2003, back then all the records were all over the dressing room. 300 point careers, 100 point seasons. The guys that made the Swift Current Broncos the leaders, the all time leaders. Todd Holt, Todd Holt, Todd. He was all over that wall. He produced while he was going through some of the most horrific things that anybody ever has to go through. He's made it out the other side. It's an honor to have him. I'm proud to call him friend. Without further ado, my buddy, Todd Holt. Hey. Todd, what's buddy? What's going on, Brady? How are you, man? I'm doing excellent, buddy. I'm doing really good. Uh, before we start, I just want to say how proud I am of you. Um, it's very, very touching the... <laughs> Lando, that's uh, you know, it's something that I know some of your personal things that's going on in your life. It must feel pretty special, and I'm really glad I was a part of it. And uh, you know, we talked about in the first podcast. You know, things really do happen for a reason, and uh, I think that uh, you're doing a wonderful job, and you're a stand-up guy. And uh, those pieces that you're missing in your life will come back to you. I promise you, but Thank you, Todd. And I, I appreciate that. You know, I pray, I pray every single day. Um, and there was a time, you know, when I would 
let that stuff kind of get to me where it would feel like too much and I would give up and it would be an excuse to stay in the life, stay in the, the addiction. And, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be any good. I'm not worthy. Um, and, you know, that all stemmed from, I think, early in my childhood when I was, you know, uh, abused. And we're, we're hearing a lot about this in the hockey community. We, you know, we heard a lot about it uh, back in 1996 and moving forward with Sheldon Kennedy and yourself and some others. And, um, you know, I really thought, Todd, um, maybe I'm some part of me thought that something maybe was different. Like, I, I really want to break all this down. Like, how are you doing personally when you have to sit back and, and watch? Like, when you watch Kyle um, share that story, like, how did that affect you personally? What did you take away from from the initial well, kind of watching that initial time? Is you know, you, you your empathy um, over the years is through the roof. Um, you know, I, I know exactly what it took for him to sit in front of that camera and, and to answer the questions and and then really bear his soul. Um, it's it's a long time coming for Kyle. Um, I'm so proud of him. Um, he uh, he's he's doing something that a lot of people can't do in their lives, and they don't stand up or they they they, they keep it inside for too long and uh you know we've seen that from some of our fallen comrades and different things like that and uh you know it's it's difficult to see and 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 this this newest one with with kyle and uh how this could have been avoided for the other player or the other young man is it's very disappointing when it comes from the from the elite if i can say the nhl the most prestigious league in the world Exactly. And, you know, I had a, I had a, a pretty good conversation with a friend of mine today and um, just mentioning even myself, like, you know, when I first started this podcast, Todd, like I wanted to come on here. I wanted to be raw. I wanted to be real. I've done a, a fairly good job. Like there's some things that I've, I've intentionally held back because I'm hopefully writing a book and there's some things that are just better left for a book, not so much this podcast, which is fine. But as time has gone on, I'm, I feel kind of not guilty um, for anything like that, but guilty in the sense that I try, I've been trying to start something here with puck support, with awareness, with whatever, supporting individuals. And at the beginning, I was all gung-ho. And I'm still gung-ho, but I mean, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people are like, you know, the NHL is going to turn you down. You got to be careful with the NHL. You got to be this and that. So all of a sudden, I'm tiptoeing around the fact that maybe – down the road, there's a chance that I need to partner with the NHL. And so now I'm changing maybe some of the things that I want to do based on that. And now that I'm sitting here looking at this establishment that is the NHL, I am like, really? That's why, that's what I'm, that's what I've been worried about though. That, that's how they treat their people. And that's what I've been worried about. So I've been guilty of it too, being it just intimidated by the fact of having prospects in the hockey community coming down from the NHL. And it's, it's, it's really hard to watch. I mean, I, I don't know if you had time to watch the Kevin shovel day off the latest interview. I mean, we can go in, in sequence of yeah. events. I'm kind of just firing off my, my hip right now, no, exactly. but I'd love to hear anything that you want to say on that. I, uh, I, I just want to go back to the, what your first talk, talk in there. And I know I was on, I can't remember what show, but I watched your first couple and, and, and you were, you, you were, you're still in a fragile state. 
um, six months before you did your first podcast, you were in jail. Um, you know, you came running out of the gates, which which was exciting. But at the same time, I think we briefly talked maybe off off camera, off the podcast. And I said, you know, get your feet underneath you and 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 those things will come. Um, and, and, and you've done exactly that. And, and I'm glad that um, you're recognizing the NHL. If you would have dove right in what you would have been experiencing right now, and it probably wouldn't have been a good thing, I'm thinking. And it would have been a very dark place for you again. And 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 it may not have. It may have been a great thing. You might have been right there for Kyle and and, and for the other players or the other player from Michigan. But uh, you know, I do. Do I agree with what's happening? Uh, absolutely not. Um, Kevin Shevelday getting another opportunity. He was one out of all of this. Every incident that's happened in this, he's the one person. Is he the the leader that's going to take it to that next level? Is he going to shine like Sheldon challenged on uh, on his interview the other night, saying, you know, Mr. Pittman or Mr. Um, Shovel Dayoff, and and like he played against us. We thought yes. his compassion and uh, and thing would be a little bit on a on a stronger level, but you know it it wasn't. Um, but at the same time, we you know we we can't let that our lives stop, and and it and it, it sucks, and it's absolutely awful that the only time we get this podium or or get the mic is when another player comes out and is abused, and and we go all in for another couple of weeks and. And then it just goes away. Um, guys like Sheldon don't let it go away. Sheldon's been there from the forefront. He was, you know, he broke ground for the first time. He, you know, he came was the first to come out when when we we weren't ready. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the courage at the time. Um, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know who to tell. I didn't. I didn't know anything. And I thought when Sheldon came out and said that Graham James had abused him, that uh, you know. Like everything else in life, we just sweep it under the rug. I can go to take it to my grave, as I said in the first podcast with you. And then I said, you know what? It almost took me to my grave. And that's something I'm very scared of. And I said, I was, you know, I had some pretty dark nights like you did. And I said, you know, I didn't know if I was waking up the next morning or if I was um, going to see my children again or or anyone, my parents and my family. It was, it was some scary times. And, you know, you're a director of... A, a good example of of taking that energy and focusing on something different. This this Kyle case, Kyle Beach was he's an incredible man. I, I've heard nothing but great stories. Um, we, we, you played against him, and a lot of guys I've heard he was he was a high draft pick. Kyle, Kyle Beach was Kyle Beach was eleventh overall and and just an absolute phenom in the WHL. Uh, three years younger than my than I am, and came in at sixteen and and was you know sixty points pretty much off the hop, fighting all the heavyweights like twenty year old guys. Yeah, like and and just an absolute spark plug and just full of potential. Um, and 
Like, you, you know, we always joked he had a couple screws loose like I did. That's why he was yeah. like that. But uh, an unbelievable uh, talent and a great guy. And you know what? Something I, I found this actually earlier because a guy that I'm playing senior with here, Chris Rutley, mentioned it to me because he was looking at Kyle Beach's Twitter. And this was the last tweet that Kyle Beach tweeted out before his uh, statement after the interview. So I, I tweeted at him in 0808 2020. KP, when you come in on the pod, you still have my ID from 2006. And he said, always oh, wow. willing to join the pod. And so that, that was the last tweet that he tweeted out before all this happened. And um, the story there is, you know, we, we party, use my ID yeah. to come, come out and it got lost. And, <laughs> but it's, it's one of these things that when I have to sit back and really try to think about what Kyle had to go through for the next 11 years and what his future looks like. I think it's a lot brighter than it was definitely, but how the hell uh, does something like this um, at the highest level of hockey, when all the right people were told, you know, the, the process of um, coming forward, like he came forward and, and said something right away too. Right. Yeah. Like it wasn't like he waited 11 years and it wasn't no. dealt with. So what does that feel like for Kyle? I just, it's, you know, when everybody is saying, Hey, it's your fault or no, it didn't happen or whatever. Yeah. Um, t take us through that. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because it just makes me want to puke. It's just going to be a, a kick in the stomach. <laughs> um, for him to follow the protocol to step up right away, to uh, speak out and acknowledge it and, no and notify the, the organization. Like, it, it could have been over that immediate meeting. You know, you hear about the, the files and the, the reports, how they they all met and the presidents. You know, I, I can see <laughs> Clanville and them in there. And, um, you know, when someone brings up a topic like this, um, some of those guys would be like, are you fucking kidding me? We're in the playoffs. We're in the playoffs right now, and you're bringing this shit. You're bringing this shit up in a meeting right here. You know what? Get out. Deal with it, or get out. I can hear it. And what does that guy do? He didn't do anything. Um, he could have ended it right there. Could have suspended Aldrich. Sent him home. Um, it, 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 <laughs> because they didn't share it after is what he went to jail and then did it again. And, you know, it was, it's baffling really Brady. It's, it's, it's so incredibly baffling that all the people that knew still didn't say anything. And I said, it takes me back to those current days and, and different things of, you know, like, there was people, there's rumors in the league of Graham being gay and, and different things like that. And, and in the own organization, all the, the quirky things that went on, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being, being too no, nice. But no, you man. Know what? It's, it's absolutely bullshit that people knew and, or had an idea and, and still didn't blow the whistle. And I said, when, in my, my personal area, when Darren McLean and Kevin Powell brought it to the organization and asked for Graham to be fired and replaced, and they had a team meeting and the team was going to walk out if he wasn't fired, and, and the organization said he deserves a second chance. So, you know, that within itself right there, he finished the year and went on to his hockey team, the Hitmen, and 
you know, once again, right there, someone accountable for that is someone that could have stopped the race and said, you know what, call the cops. Darren, Darren and Kevin went right to the right to the organization and said, look, Holtz, he's, he's drinking lots, he's telling us all this shit, he's telling us everything. And something's going on, and either you guys deal with it or we will. And LKP's no longer with us. Rest in peace, buddy. Crashed his motorcycle, and and Darren literally got kicked out of town. Forty-five minutes after the meeting, they asked him to leave town and not come back. So, you know, there's almost like another. As as the abuse sounds the same, a lot of the stories sound the same at the hockey level. So does the the end result it's it's honestly i i have a i have a pretty big issue i've held back a lot like i have a a pretty big issue with uh guys even guys that were on that team uh that were in the know that knew it seems to me and again i don't have all the facts on this story um very few prob- probably do i think we've plenty more investigations yet but how <laughs> Years, not follow up with Kevin uh, after or or ride with him in a sense and say, hey, I got you, man. Like, whatever it takes. Why are why are we all still, de- like, why are they deflecting? Like, why is Kevin Sheveldayoff deflecting, saying, oh, his role was minimalized? Do you, do you, I don't know if you heard him say, but they said, hey, first off, my friend, I'm also friends with Rick Westhead, who broke the story for TSN. Yeah. Shout out Rick Westhead. He's done some amazing work. Another amazing horrible story but unbelievable journal like journalistic work like investigative journalism this guy is unbelievable <laughs> Ted. um but when they said next question from rick westhead i suggest everybody go back and watch that interview and just take a quick look at the way that his face shifted kevin Chevaldeoff's face when he knew rick westhead was going to ask him a question some of those things you can't fake and it was just an instant reaction when he heard his name. It's just a subtle, subtle thing. But in my opinion, if I'm Kevin Chevaldeoff, I am not trying to minimize my role. Joel Quinville stepped down. He was in the wrong. You should do the same for the greater good of hockey so that there is no debate here, so that there is no press conference. If you can really look yourself in the mirror tonight and say, hey, I really didn't know, and I guess maybe I wasn't equipped. He said I, it was better left for people that were better equipped to go talk to Kyle. That means he was thinking it in his mind. He was thinking, maybe I should, but no, somebody else will. You have a con, like, you know. How many times did you call Kyle and say, hey, how are you doing? It's not like he left their organization. Do you know he played for Rockford for like the next five seasons in their American Hockey League system? Never got called up, never got a chance, never got even, he got made to feel like he did not matter. And they didn't just not listen to him, Holter, they buried him. Yep. And you're seeing that and it's coming out more and more. And, and that's why when, you know, they had the talks of settling this or getting it over with, how they're asking for 60 day delay they're asking for more time. They're asking for all this as an organization. And, you know, I think, I think they're in a lot of trouble, Brady. I think, I think there's something here, something to be made an example of that's going to, I hope, 
start there at the top and fountain down. Because ultimately, at the junior level, there's a lot of older talk. A lot of older stories. No, that was me. Sorry, I glitched. I think I glitched out on you for a second there, buddy. Are we good? Yeah, I'm good. And uh, and I said I think that from the junior level, you know, there's there's a lot of older stories and coaches and stuff. But I said this is uh, even since '97 when Sheldon came out and then. We hit the news big with with Theron and myself coming out. Um, you know, you would just think the the hockey world would do anything, anything in their power to eliminate this from happening again. And and if it did, man up, like you just said, man yeah. up. Yeah. Just say, you know what? If I'm Kevin Sheveldale, if I'm sitting there, I'm going to say, you know what? I I feel like an asshole. I could have done more. I feel absolutely awful. Um, yep. I wasn't equipped. I didn't know what to do. Say it. Don't. His job. Kyle, wants, Kyle just wants to be acknowledged. Kyle wants the acknowledgement that. Just tell me, you guys. Just tell me. Right? Um, and and they haven't given him that. They haven't given that at all. Just you walking away from a job and you throwing your hat in doesn't solve anything. You know, it's 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 uh, standing up and taking responsibility. Yes. And, and you're saying, you're I'm, you're I'm, so right. You're so right. And you know, I kind of just wasn't even thinking that. And this is why this conversation is important to have. And it it is. It's so true, man. Like Quinville, yeah, he resigned, but that's a cop out, right? Like he did. What, what happened there? Like, why are these? Why are these guys not really, they shouldn't even, here's the thing. They sh- to me, they shouldn't have to be held accountable. They should be taking accountability themselves, right? Like you said. Exactly. And I don't know if you heard Shevel Day off, uh, like the entire interview. I didn't get a chance to listen to all of it, but some of the stuff that he was saying, you know, they, they asked the owner to, um, you know, do you think that this is a, a, you know, you didn't think that he needed to lose his job or whatever Kevin Sheveldayoff says, I think enough people are paying the price. He said that in his interview, enough people are paying the price for this. I heard him say that. Who is paying the price for this? Who? Kyle Beach. (laughs) Kyle Beach and everyone standing up and fighting with him are paying the price for this right now. No one in that organization is paying the price. And there's not even a price you can pay on it. It's it's about um, making life better. And it's about getting Kyle Kyle's life back in order and, and, and making sure that the rest of his life isn't ruined like it, like it has been for the last 11 years. So, um, you know, this conversation is, is, is vital to have going forward. Um, what, what's going to happen? I don't know, but I... I <laughs> You know, I, I never ever imagined at this level something like this would happen. And then if it did, and then it continued or it got swept under the rug, um, it, I don't understand. I don't think people truly get it that that's not the answer, and 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 we're, we we can't do it anymore. I've got a lot of people in my life and a couple special people that have been sexually abused and and very close to my heart, not in the hockey world, but outside the hockey world. And, you know, I, my heart bleeds for them. And, 
and you know I'm always always telling them I'm here I'm, I'm here for you or just give me a call or you know it's it's what we do today um you know I'm not on the scale of a Sheldon or anything like that but you know that's the thing though I want to I want to stop you right there for a second because <laughs> because listen to the way you're talking listen to your heart listen to your compassion there's there's nothing it's it's about helping one person one person at a time you're out there doing so much good and the world yeah. is so much better for guys like you guys like Sheldon um I failed to mention earlier I think a lot of people know Theron Flurry is your cousin but guys the three of you guys um and there's some others but the three of you guys have really taken it upon yourselves you know to to share your story in hopes yeah to empower others. And I want to just reflect back for a second in case people didn't see the interview and missed what you said earlier, because we kind of skipped over it, is that, you know, guys like Kevin Sheveldayoff, you know, are friends, I don't know how close, but are friends with Sheldon Kennedy and played with you guys in junior and kind of saw all how that affected his peers, right? And what is what do you think the issue with, sport culture or hockey culture is or where at what time are we losing sight of the human being and we're seeing just uh, a player and if they're no good they're out or whatever like a number like when does it become that business and what can we really do to to get our minds off getting that Stanley cup and for the owners making money. Cause that's all that matters, right. To Batman and the owners, we haven't even talked about Jerry Batman. I could throw out winning and winning and cups and winning games is it's the main thing in, in sport right now. And, and, and I know people are making changes and different things, but um, these are the, these are the hard fought issues. Everything's been hid. Are you kidding me? Every time some idiot in the summer gets caught in a strip bar, or beats someone up, or you know, like the, it's constant, and it just you see it in the blip under TSN, and it and it's gone. Yeah. And you know, the kid might do an interview or, or write a, a formal apology that his lawyer had someone write for him. Um, it's they've never been held accountable at that level, and and I think that this is just one more issue that. They never ever thought they would face in their world, and when it popped up in their face, they were like, "Holy shit, what do I do?" Um, well, I'll tell you what, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. So you know, it's like the old schoolyard, you know, or you broke a window with a with a puck playing street hockey, and all the kids go scattering into the snowbanks, and you're standing there, you know. But yeah, like, that's that's what it, that's what it reminds me of in, in so many ways, Brady. It's just. You know, it's uh, it's two old boys, like an old school type yet still, and and we gotta educate them. Like Sheldon's respect group and and the different things that are out there. Um, I truly believe that his respect in sport has changed any minor sports, anything from soccer to. Um, it's every sport out there right now you have to go through this and, and, and it is such a reminder I did it for for uh, one of my boys I think Taysom was going to edge school and for me to come to the games I had to go through this and what an eye opener you know there's so much stuff in there that I never thought of for a long time and, and 
and I'm sure obviously it's changed over the years, but he's he's all over North America now. And I said that stuff like that that this NHL and them when yourself and Sheldon and them are reaching out saying, Hey, the old boys club, it's time to wake up. Um and and I hope they do. Like Sheldon challenged the other night, he said, uh, Mr. Chipman and Sheveldayoff, they have an opportunity here to revolutionize how the NHL looks at sexual abuse and different topics that they're going to go through, or they can totally flop out and fail, and, and they're going to look like the biggest idiots in the world. So I said, I, I hope that they're making the right choice, and I hope they come to Shelton. And, and you know, Shelton's never been not ready to help. I know. All of us, you know? Yeah. Said, yeah. Um, Sheldon, Sheldon, Sheldon Sheldon's a friend of the show as well. He's a great guy and, you know, he, he does. He's always in there and, and ready to help. And, you know, I think it's – I think I, – I love it too. I think Sheldon, what his program is unbelievable. I think more needs to be done there. Yeah. What I really was alarmed by, there was a couple things, just referencing back to some of the press conference, like some of the stuff like Bettman said. I heard Gary yeah. Bettman and, and his little buddy there, you know, sitting there um, – and I heard him say, like, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Batman. It was one of the two of them. It doesn't matter to me. It was they're one in the same um, to yeah. me. Uh, they're just a guy with two heads. Um, and <laughs> seriously. And, and they're, well, they're just sitting there going back and forth, agreeing with, you know, just they're there to support each other. So they're one person. But he said, you know, like, I'm just learning about the process now of what players <laughs> do when they when this happens like this is coming from like the top end of the league they don't even know what happens what the process was for it's something like, like how are they not on something like that as the commissioners of the league it's absolutely insane they're talking about somebody asked hey like have you addressed the problem moving forward do players know yes we've made it we've made it knowing for all the teams to tell the players, all the players know how to reach out to the hotline. Don't worry. They have the hotline. It's like, are you kidding me right now? That is the biggest slap in the face when I heard that. What do you think? All I can think about is Gary Bettner right now is when they were asking him questions and they said, from the leadership he has, when he heard about it, when nothing was said again, and Aldrich went and he abused the next player in Michigan or wherever he went to coach, they asked him, what about that? This could have been avoided. This is lunacy that this actually went and happened in, in the way it did. And when they asked him, he goes, don't worry. The NHL will pay for their therapy. They're like, oh, holy one yeah you know you're you're a savior he's it's absolutely bullshit that he that he even said that and we're like well i'm I'm sure they're gonna need lots of therapy but i'm like at least you don't have to pay for it thanks gary you know like what he's looking at everyone like come on like as if we'd let them pay for their own therapy yeah he's um Little old he, knowing that the kid's life's probably in shambles right now and he's been battling everything and probably, you know, lost everything in his life already. And he's he's in a dark place somewhere going, I'm all alone. 
right? And where you, we always stress that you, these people need to know they're not, but you know, it's, we, we it's, know it's, it's amazing when it comes from that. And I remember hearing Sheldon the other day on the news as well, talk about Gary Bettman going, is that the leadership? And it's absolutely got bullshit and horseshit and everything in pile. But I said, on our side, when you have a type of leadership that Sheldon Kennedy has shown and presented to us and given us the tools to deal with different things like this, we, we feel, I feel grateful. I feel incredibly overwhelmed when, when people ask me, are you okay to talk about this? I'm like, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't imagine being, not being able to talk about it. When I talk about it as healing, um, anybody who's been through this, you know, the, the greatest thing you can do is get it off your chest and get it out of your head. I said, well, you, you know as well as I do, but when you're stuck in here, <laughs> there's nowhere but down. And I said, you know, um, I'm the first one to admit it when I'm, when I'm having issues and stuff like that. And I said, oh, I'll battle that for the rest of my life. And, but I said, you know what? I said, I'm, like, I'm not enough to stand up and, and allow, let my wife Kristen or, or my family know that I'm off today. Give me, give me a little bit of time. And, and when I'm not, and they know I'm off, well, <laughs> they're quick to remind me. So I said, we got a pretty good understanding. But, you know, I said, these are the things and these are the tools that our leader, our, our Sheldon Kennedy and Perrin and everybody like, have given us and shown us how to accept this. You know, like I said, I've talked about this so many times, and I know this is a little off topic of the Kyle Beach, but I said, the sexual abuse is... When it happens, your your life stops at fifteen or five or whatever that, and and you have a tough time getting past that. And I remember Sheldon and when they when he came out and I first got here and I said I was you, you put up so many walls over your heart to protect and your walls are up everywhere. And I remember one of the first nights I was I was in this, the recovery home and I was sitting there and I my heart's just beating and I don't know what's going on. I haven't done any drugs. I haven't done anything like that. So I didn't know what was going on. And I phoned Sheldon. I said, I think I'm dying. I'm having a heart attack or something. And he just starts laughing. And I'm like, what are you laughing at? He's like, God, it's called emotion. He goes, those walls are coming down. You're starting to feel, this is what emotion's called. He said, you couldn't feel it before. And you know, those are the little tips and those are the little things that along the way, when when you have that leadership or have that, Sheldon didn't have that. He, he learned on his own. And, and, and in my books, he's a hero to me. Absolutely. He is to me as well. And um, and so are you. And, and so is and so is Theo. And, and if we really want to get into it, every person out there that has battled and come through the other side or is still battling like you know i feel the same way because about them because you know this is it's it's so true and i i don't have all the answers to tell people people as i'm sure to you reach out and and they they want to talk and share and they want advice and um i'm again it's like i want to i want to help but i gotta be careful because i'm not a doctor and this and that but all i have is like right but it it's so important just to have the conversation and just to sometimes be there for somebody because you never know when you might get that breakthrough like um like a todd holt like a brady level like a kyle beach like whoever and it could come out of nowhere because you just 
were in the right con context conversation and feeling yeah. like the person feeling like you were open. And, and I feel like Todd, I don't know if you feel like this, this is kind of just a, a one off the top of my head, but I feel like we're all, and I, this has been said, this isn't like I'm coming up with this, but I feel like we're all very disconnected with phones, with everything. There's a lot of time in my life and I'm guilty as hell because my screen time is way too high that I don't even want to care to tell people. But when there are, there's important conversations, it doesn't always have to be something major, but it can just, it can really, it can change the direction of somebody's day, right? Absolutely. You have those conversations of, of life, you know, like uh, it's, it's nothing, it's, it's not um, earth shattering all the time. It doesn't have to be a breakdown, knock it out, cry for three hours conversation. It, sometimes it can be just, I'm not feeling good, you know, or I'm not, and you know, the, the old saying or the cliche is it's okay not to be okay. That's right. And, you know, and when you truly understand what that means, then, then you understand when those days come that, cause you know, it's been, I don't know how many years since mine, but I said, I don't keep track of that shit anymore. I, I look to bigger and better things. I, uh, I go to work every day. I see my boss and and all my coworkers and and I said that's that's my day. I go come home to my wife Kristen and Justin and Brookie and our dog Roxy and I said that's one of my best parts of my day. I come in and I got my puppy waiting there and you know she's trying to tell me what she did all day and and that's me today. So I said you know I have if anybody is out there and you're struggling, I, I just want you to know that it does get better, but. You know, like I told you in our first uh, podcast that we did, it's, you know, it's a it's a road less traveled, but it's the most worth traveled road I've ever traveled in my life. And I said, the little things uh, that you're experiencing and you're going through with your children and stuff, I, I just like you understand about different things with people in addiction. I understand what you're going through, Brady. And I said, sometimes, like you said, it gets heavy and it's it's overwhelming. I'm going to be a grandpa for Christ's sakes in December of 25th. My son Tayson and his wife Haley. I'm so excited. That's awesome. You know buddy. I'm so excited. And I said, you know, I said, those are, those are the things that geared me up today. Um, you know, I've given too much of my life to Graham James and, yeah. and all that. So I said, what I talk about today is I talk about the, the healing and the, and the and the stuff that we can do to change it because i said you know I, i'm not a therapist and like you said you got to be careful when you when you're talking to someone um i just tell them that i had to believe believe was my word you know i, 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 I absolutely love it i love that word because my my name is like brady Liebold, like b leave like that's why you see on my facebook be leave so I, I like that as well it's, it's it's true right and i i think i'd love to hear like for you um kind of just what that looks like and you know we're kind of thinking you know todd like i don't want this all to be about kyle i'd love i want i wanted to make this because i wanted people to hear your side my side kind of talk about yep. the, the systemic issues of hockey and kyle and whatever we want to talk about there i mean we're kind of all over the place but that's the beauty of a live podcast i, I love it um but i would love to hear kind of like what it, what healing was like for you and um you know, I'll just touch on it quickly. I think for me, I, I didn't get the help that I needed 
for a long time because I just couldn't face it or whatever. And I was stuck in that addiction, that mental illness, the trauma, all of that. And I often wonder, it's like, well, could I have intervened earlier and gotten help? Could something have been different earlier? Or did I need to kind of go through all this and work it out? And thankfully I made it out the other side, but what does the, your, what was the healing process like for you? Um, and, you know, typically if somebody is out there listening who hasn't come forward, um, that is a survivor, um, what, what does that typically look like in, in your experience? And I know everyone's different. Quit lying to yourself. Quit it. You're making up excuses. You're blaming every beer on someone else. You're blaming every line on someone else. You're blaming every syringe on someone else. There's a reason why you're doing this. It's not. So when you when you can stop lying to yourself and actually acknowledge yourself and look yourself in the mirror, that's when you get better. It's when you ex- give excuses for everything. I don't know how much how many times I screwed over my parents and borrowed money and blew it and and all those different things that you know and I, I'm not. I finally got to a point in my life where my guilt was, I was working as an electrician. I'll never forget it. I was working as an electrician and I was screwing this, just putting a, uh, a steel bracket on the wall. And I just started bawling. Like my, I had big tears come running down my face. I'm going, and I wasn't sad. I wasn't anything, but I just had this. And I stopped, I turned around, you know, and said, told my bottom, going out for a smoke and went out. And, and then I, uh, we were driving this, the, the van and it happened again. And it wasn't more than probably two weeks later where I just said, something's, <laughs> something's got to give here. And I said, you know, I said, I uh, had some help with some good friends and got myself in. And you know what? I said, when, when I got in here, I was still lying. The first, first few weeks, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go into this rehab place and piss around for a little while, enjoy Calgary, then go back to Regina and just, everyone will shut up now. They won't give yeah. shit anymore. And, yeah. And, you know, with a, with a leader like Sheldon, I, I went in there and, and finally after a month, he goes, if you're not going to fucking try, get lost. He goes, quit lying to yourself. He goes, you're a bullshitter. He goes, you're trying to bullshit a bullshitter. Because you want to give this a try, give it a try. And five months later, I was still in the house and <laughs> clinging to it with my life. And you know what? I said, uh, my wife now, Kristen, you know, tricking me up from that house that day and, and taking me away was was one of the best things in my life. Shout out to your wife, Kristen, too. She's uh, She messaged me before making sure she would get the link and everything. And oh, nice. also... Also, so she could share it. So I know she's watching. Hello to, to Kristen and the kids. And I know, I uh, just want to say thank you for both of your guys' message. I had the opportunity to speak with um, one of your son's teams uh, out oh, there yeah. in Estevan, right? And um, Amazing, which, yeah. which I didn't know, right? Like, I didn't know <laughs> that your son was in there until a couple days after, right? Which was really cool. Yeah. So appreciate that. No, no, I appreciate you doing that for those kids. You know, Brady, I said um, I don't know how much feedback you get, but I said, I know my son, Jason, was really um, taken by it. He said, what an amazing job you did. And he was really, um, really, really happy. He said, you know, his whole team, like, when, when the, the cast is over or what, whatever you did, he said, like, there was silence. They were, like, 
something hit home and something sunk in there. So, you know, kudos to you, and I appreciate you doing that stuff for those kids. And you know, I that, said, I, I said that's right away. He called me and said, "Can you let them know I was in the room?" I said, "I will for sure, Jason." So that's awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to reach out to him at some point. But it's uh, yeah. it, that to me is is my passion, right? It's just to get in there and. Um, I'm still trying to find the the best way to go about it, and and you know I'm again I kind of just yep. freestyled it to be honest, but I would love to be able to to carve out uh, like just the best possible way to get through. Just even if you're just getting through to one person, I always say that right, and you never know. Like every every time I speak or you speak or Johnny yep. or. Julie or whoever speaks, it's not going to be for everybody, right? Like not everybody listening is going to be like, oh, that was great or take something from it. But if you can get through to one person and whether that it, whether it be okay, like, Hey, I'm, you know, something happened and I'm ready to get help or yeah. a preventative measure on the holy shit. I heard this Brady guy talking and he tried drugs for the one time and it took him for this crazy ride. And I never <laughs> want to try it ever in my life. Like that's kind of what I'm hoping because yeah. that may sound dramatic, but that's the that's the reality and the choices that we all make as people and and as we grow into adults, we're forced to make not forced, but we come across these these, these just these different experiences where we're kind of we are yeah. forced to make choices and a small choice like trying a cocaine for the first time or something, you might think it's innocent, but maybe your mind really likes it and now you're hooked to it and you didn't know going into that you thought it was just a one time thing, but now you're hooked or heroin or pills or whatever. So it comes down to choices, and if we can kind of just educate and surrounding all these issues, then I think we can, we can make like a huge difference. Um, I want to get to a couple comments because people are commenting in here live have been the whole show. If you guys have okay. any questions, um, fire them away. I right just want to point one thing out. When I set up this, me and my wife were setting this up. She goes, can you see anything in the background? And I said, above our bed, the only thing you can see, I don't know if you can read it, but it says hope. Yeah, we got it. I got you on. I got you on the solo video right now. That's the, old, that's the only thing that's that you can see in the background. So I thought that was pretty fitting for the for the podcast. I, I absolutely love it. That's uh, that's great. Um, yeah, no, I I love it. I was able to uh, see it because I pulled you up. I'm just learning how to use this program. I wouldn't have been able to do that two weeks. Wouldn't have been able to do that two weeks ago, but I got it figured out now. Um, we got we got a couple comments coming in. Caleb Rittenberg watching down there in Michigan. Keep up the good work, Brady. You've inspired a lot of people, including myself, on opening up about our own issues. My wife just learned how bad my addiction was, and I attempted suicide. Caleb, I know you're watching. Stay strong. I know Sandra's watching. You guys are chatting in the, the chat as well. Sandra, what's up down there in Michigan? Utilize Sandra as a resource. I'm going to skip ahead to Sandra's uh, comment here um, because what she says is no hockey player or athlete in any sport has to pay for trauma therapy at my agency. No one is turned away regardless of their ability to pay. So that's Sandra Murray. Um, she's the professional when we're talking about that. Um, a great resource uh, for people to utilize. Sandra, we love you. You're amazing. Um, Caleb, reach out to Sandra. Reach out to me. Um, we'll connect. Do not give up. Um, David Carlson, my man out in Alberta saying, hey, Lando. <laughs> um, we got uh, coach dad and sons down there in Barry. Lando is a legend. Caleb says, nice intro by Lando. Michelle Miner and the Miner family. Um, family of Daniel Miner watching. Love you guys. She says, great job, Lando. 
Brody Kerbison, also in Barry. Way to go, Lando. Nailed the opening. Amazing costume. Hello, Lando. So awesome. We're getting there. Uh, Brennan Garner says, I don't understand how guys on the Hawks were calling him homophobic names in the following year. Brutal. I don't know how I missed that. I didn't see that, and I don't know how I didn't. That is... Um, I think that was from Sopel's. So, friend of the show as well. Brent Sobel, friend of the show. And he was the one that kind of blew the whistle on him when he released his book and said, the guys were, they were all joking around about it. Like, that's why he said he doesn't understand how some of the guys are like, well, I didn't know about it until yesterday, like Kanan said. And it's, it's, we, listen, we know, we know, I, I can't say for sure, but I feel, I should say, I feel like they are all bullshit bullshit we know you and i know what a hockey dressing room is like something happens it's like wildfire yeah like that especially if you're in the meeting like people knew like something had happened like they knew something had happened to kyle beach that maybe they didn't know exactly what i don't know i don't know trevor butts watching this is a major black eye on the nhl so sad yeah, it's very sad for Kyle Beach. Very sad yeah. for Kyle Beach. Um, it's a sad. It's a sad day for hockey because so much good comes from the game of hockey, Holter. So much good. I'm sitting in this position right now with a new chance at life because of the game of hockey. Hockey gave me my life back. Maybe not playing pro or whatever. The hockey community, the beautiful people in the hockey community, have have helped me get my life back. So it's 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 sad, you know, to see yeah. that there's so much good, but such a dark side that gets like we talked about hit under the covers. Keegan Downer says, "So grateful for this conversation, boys. Thank you for speaking out tonight." Welcome. You're welcome, uh, Sandra Murray. Rick is amazing, courageous in the work he does. Yes, that's r- talking about Rick Westhead. Um, Dean Smeal out there in St. Paul, Alberta. Top bunk, Dino. Epton writes, he says. Hello, boy, Dino. Yeah, he's a, Dino's a beauty. Love Dino. Uh, we are going to go to, oh, we got Igor watching. He says, love your channel. You're a great dude, Brady. This is the first time I've been able to watch live. Nice. Uh, Sandra, we're just going to get through to a couple more here. As a mandated reporter, I have ethically brought my concerns to oversight authorities and have been repeatedly dismissed in the athletic community at every level, it has been career suicide for me, but I don't regret reporting any instance of abuse or neglect. Sandra is talking about her work in referencing, I think, mostly in the Ontario Hockey League. It worked uh, a lot in the OHL. I'm not going to name any specific teams or anything. That would yeah. be up to her. But thank you, Sandra. I know a lot of those stories because I've been privileged not she doesn't share any names or anything, but just some of the things that she's experienced, she's been able to share with me. And, and it has, it's been career suicide where she's almost gotten a bad name throughout the Canadian hockey league at major junior, because she was doing the right thing. It's not, yeah, very much. So Brody Kerbison says there should be direct help on each team available to any of the players through the on and off season very much agreed. And I think they think they have that in place. Like it's this smoke and mirrors facade 
even when we're talking at the major junior level, oh, we're going to partner with this agency at the beginning of the year. We're going to provide resources and support for players. And then you talk to any player in that league and they're like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I never even heard of that before. Right. So uh, I'm just going to fast forward to a couple more here. Um, Dean Smale says, fantastic show. Proud of you both. Thank you, Dino. I have to give a special shout out to my man, Danny Cassidy, all the way in the Philippines. My old personal coach, the guy that I really looked up to growing up. He was my personal coach and awesome guy out there in the Philippines. Danny Cassidy, how are you? Love you. The last one, Matthew Meanser down there in Argentina. We're all over the world, Holter. Argentina. (laughs) Hockey is why I'm still here. That's right. That's why I'm still here. Great comments. Listen, I'm going to do one commercial. We'll uh, we'll come back and wrap up this show here. Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at mindframe on Twitter plus mindframefit on Instagram. All right, we're back with uh, with Todd Holt. Todd, do you have any closing kind of thoughts? We, we, got a, we got as much time as we need, but is there anything pressing on your mind that we didn't get to or questions that maybe I didn't ask that, that you kind of want to hammer home tonight? You know, Brady, I think we, I think it was a hell of a podcast. Like uh, we got a lot of stuff that needed to be out of the table, out on the table. Um, just given our opinions and stuff like that, it's, you know, it's, it's healing within itself. Um, you know, I said, if, like I like to say all the time, if you're out there and you're hurting, reach out. Um, there's always someone there. You're never alone. It might feel alone, but you're only alone because you're not reaching out. And, and, and if you're serious about getting better, quit lying to yourself. That's all I can say. I, I absolutely love it. I think that's – I'm with you on that one. You want to know what I did every single day in my addiction? I lied to myself to keep going. It wasn't me. And to be honest with you, sometimes it was scary because it felt like it wasn't me. It was like that addiction that was just controlling my brain until I realized that I did, in fact, have the power in here to stand up and take my life back. And it started by sharing the, the most painful things that I've gone through openly and honestly with people that I trust. And from there, for me personally, the, the doors for a good life have started to open up. And like we talked about earlier, there's a long ways to go and a lot of things that I would love to come back. But without taking one step in front of the other every single day, making a little bit of progress, we'll never, ever get there. Will we, Holter? Ever. Everybody. Man, I... I'm going here, Brady. I'm really proud of you, man. And I really want to thank you for having me on your show. I, uh, I'm grateful for the, what life's given me today. And I know how grateful you are. Um, starting the show that way with a young man. You said you never thought you'd see a, a young man wear your jersey again or dress up like you. Trust me, you get your, you get your kids back and 
and you get that love back that you're missing so much. And then you have grandchildren. <laughs> um, it's going to be, it's something that it's worth fighting for. And you're, you're doing a hell of a job, Brady. I just want to commend you for all your hard work. You're, you're a stand-up guy and I, I could do this for you anytime you want. Thank you, Todd. I, I honestly, from you, it means the world. And like I said earlier, um, I, I've known who you were for a long time. We've now known each other, I think, for over a year, like personally and and chatted quite a few times. But I've known who you were for a long time. You know, obviously, growing up in Canada, following the story. Um, but what really always stuck out to me was sitting in that Swift Current Broncos dressing room and just being in absolute awe of your numbers and I remember thinking to myself like straight up I remember specifically I think having a conversation with multiple players like when I got in there it was like I I saw that wall and was like I got to get on that wall I never did I got rookie of the year so technically I'm in Bronco history but I never got in that I never got on that wall and I remember like playing like I think I played like a few games as 17 like beginning of the season I got like no points and I'm looking at the wall and I'm like there's no way there's no way. Then I go over to the next column and it's like, I forget what the magic number was. Some ridiculous amount of penalty minutes in a career. I'm like, yeah. that I can control. I was like, I can get on the wall if I go for the penalty minutes. But again, I, I never made it because all the stuff happened and I left and I realized that I really wasn't that tough to be fighting that much. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have made it. I would have been taken off in a co- uh, stretcher before getting there anyways. But just just know that, you know, there's so many things that I look up to you for and have long before awesome. that we ever met. So I appreciate you and I'm so thankful to have you in my life. And, you know, I truly look up to you. You are a hero to me and so many others. And yeah. there's you've helped so many people. You've helped me. You've helped so many others. You will continue to do that. And I look forward to working together a lot more in the future. And I'm just so grateful for your friendship, Todd. Thank you. And shout out to your family, especially your wife, Kristen. I know she's watching. Thank you. Awesome, buddy. We will, we will talk soon and uh, I'm sure we'll do this again. Yeah, absolutely, buddy. Love you. Love you too, buddy. Keep up the good work. Good, you too, buddy. Thanks, Holter. That's Todd Holt. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Todd. That. I love that guy. You want to talk about a good guy? You're talking about Todd Holt. Thank you. I feel really, really good. I feel really inspired. There's a couple of things that I want to get to. I'm probably going to chat for another like 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to share a story about what happened this weekend while I was playing hockey. I'm also going to show off this light behind me i can't light it up because it puts a glare on the the screen but how cool is that shout out mark baracus tiny beast abby and why am i free who am i forgetting adam o'shaughnessy who made the sign and i'm working on getting the links 
to his pages, but they do mostly like big production stuff. So it's not something that he was like, you wanted me to post and hopefully get sales off of type deal. It was like a, a gift from Illinois and it's so cool. It lights up. It's massive. Like look at the size of it. It's just a, a very welcomed addition to the backdrop uh, in the in memory wall. Thank you, Mark. He actually just texted me. I sent him the picture. He says, that looks awesome. Before I get into the story, because it's a beauty of a story, and I'm going to share as much details as I can. Um, the one thing we didn't talk about was Donald Fear, the NHLPA. And... That is where I have a major, major issue with all of this. I mean, I have a major issue with all of it, but this, when we were talking to the NHLPA, when the head of the NHLPA didn't do anything about it, what? What? If I am a leader in the NHL right now, and you can quote me on this, if I am a leader in the NHL, not going to use any names because I don't want to put anybody on blast. But if I'm one of the leaders in the league, I'm standing up and saying, hey, there needs to be a change within our players association. This needs to be more player-based and more about us or we're not playing. Does that sound a little harsh or overdramatic? Well, it shouldn't. Because what happened to Kyle Beach could happen to anybody. And if you think that you're that it couldn't happen to you, you've never been in that situation trying to fulfill your dream of playing in the NHL, being taken advantage of somebody in a power situation, and then have nobody do anything about it and make you feel like a piece of garbage and it was your fault. And on top of that, the own players association isn't taking it seriously. Independent investigation, fire Donald fear. There should be no independent investigation. Tell the guy to walk. He failed. He failed miserably. They all did including every single player on that team that knew. We all need to learn from this. I'm not blaming the players or anything like that. But enough is enough. When are we going to start to see real change? And just remember, if you're watching this and you have a kid that plays hockey and has a dream of playing in the NHL, or maybe you have a girl that has a dream of playing NCAA, don't get lost in that dream. Don't get too lost in that dream. Because it can become very dangerous. It can become very dangerous. And yes, I said it. We get blinded. We get sucked into the hole of success and achievement and making it. And guess what happens when you get to these levels? 
you pretty much find out that it's not really all that it was cracked up to be. And in a lot of cases, it makes you feel like shit. When you're no longer needed, whether it be one game, 10 games, 10 years, you're sent packing. If you stand up for yourself like Kyle Beach did, you're buried, buried. How many of those players, how many of those coaches called Kyle Beach over the last 11 years while they went off and won Stanley Cups and made millions of dollars and coached to Stanley Cups? And when was the last time one of his former teammates from that time or coaches or whatever prior to this event reached out to Kyle said, hey, Kyle, how you doing? None. Nobody wanted. Nobody had the courage to stand up. Kyle had the courage to stand up right away. Excuse my language, but it's fucking bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Donald Fear should stand up and say, you know what? I made a huge mistake. I'm sorry, I am not fit to run the Players Association, clearly. How can anybody see it any other way? How can you see it any other way? I just don't get it. Anyways, Kyle, I love you, man. You're an absolute warrior. You're going to get through this. You're going to be better for it. The world's going to be better for it. And you're going to help so many people. You never deserved any of it. I'm so sorry you had to go through it. Not just through it, but for the last 11 years. You're not alone now, though. I'm here for you. I think the whole hockey community is here for you as much or as little as you need. But I'm a ride or die, man. You don't need me, but I am with this 100%. I'm not going to stop talking about it. Career suicide, like Sandra Murray said, so be it. When something is right and something is wrong, you have two options. I'm not going to be like the NHL. That's it about that for tonight. Kyle, stay strong. I love you. Okay, so quick little story here about this past weekend. I went up to Maxville and I've been having a little bit of trouble on the ice. I mean, not Yes, I'm slow and I'm old and I'm really feeling rusty. That goes without saying, but I've been having some trouble. Um, I play a certain style. I am an agitator. You can't take that out of me. I, I'm trying, but at the same time, I feel like I'm being a little bit targeted. Maybe I'm bringing it on myself too. Of course I am. Anyways, in the last game on Friday night, First off, it was awesome. I got to start the game. Smoke machine, lights out, starting lineup, anthem call, the whole nines. 
kids and Taylor in the stands. I almost started crying because the kids were there and it was like, oh, I was just pretty, pretty awesome. Anyways, the guy on the other team told me, uh, he, he comes up to me, he goes, hey, Leibold, no needles today, go overdose and die. And um, I didn't handle it very well. I didn't even really feel like it was so much a personal attack on me. I felt like it was a personal attack on all of those that we've lost, my friends, those behind me. It was pretty brutal. I Nobody had said that to me really since being clean, right? And certainly not on the ice. And uh, this player ended up getting a penalty, a pretty severe penalty. And um, I tried to fight him, couldn't get at him, so I got a 10-minute misconduct. We ended up in the dressing room tunnel. Just fast forward the story, that's all you guys need to know. And yeah, me and him ended up face-to-face, -face, put it that way. And after all was said and done, um, I went back in and I talked to him. And uh, he was in tears. And he said to me, you know, I don't know why I said that. My brother, you know, overdosed and almost passed away and then intentionally took his own life not too long ago. And he's like, I'm really sorry. I don't know why I said that. I, I hugged this guy. as he might have wiped some stuff off of his face. But it was, it was just one of those things that, you know, I, I felt bad for him. He made a mistake. He owned it. He shouldn't have said it. We dealt with it. But then I went back on the ice and another guy who played in the American Hockey League, by the way, said something else and there other people on the bench were yelling stuff and they'd been warned by the refs and everything else the refs were pretty good about it and so then I went a little wiry again I tried to fight this guy this guy played in the American Hockey League get a cage on got his cage off refs were on me I got kicked out 20 something minutes and penalty minutes suspended for the next game so I drove five hours with the kids just to get suspended. And so on my elite prospects page right now, three games played really, I've only played one because the first game I got kicked out in warm up. They gave me a game for that. I counted that the next game I got an assist in. And then the third game I played two, three shifts in the first period, got a 10 sent to the dressing room, come back for the second, played one shift and got kicked out. So it's been a bit of a, I'm second in the league in penalty minutes. Second of the league in penalty minutes. Oh, I just want to go have fun. Going to Sunday. Just settle. Settle. I really want to score. I almost scored on a breakaway, but I'm slow. I got checked. That's what that picture is. Guy made a great play. All puck. Then took me out. But needless to say, I'm grateful to be on the ice. I don't want to have to deal with that. But I need to learn how to just be like, hey. You could say whatever you want to me because I know I'm good. What you say is not going to affect me. I know I need to get there. 
I'm going to work on that. Um, but having that conversation with that guy in the dressing room about his brother was a very profound moment. Just another, him and I messaged after two, we're actually going to grab, we're going to go out and grab dinner and, and, and chat further. One of the times when I'm up there, shout out Matt Thompson and everybody on the Maxville Mustangs, the ladies, Rick Amen, the trainer, shout out Rick. You're the guy. This is the real deal. We have so many great people involved in that organization. Thank you guys for allowing me to be a small part of it. It's been hard, but it's been fun. I just want to get to a couple comments before I go here. Brody Kerbison, another unbelievable episode. Thank you for coming on, Todd. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Todd Holt. Celine Panetta. Out there in Alberta, shout out Anton Mitchell. Hello, Celine. Hello, Anton and family. I'm just going to throw up some comments. If you're watching live, you can read them. Some of them I'm not going to read. Igor. Igor's got an opinion. I like Igor. I like Igor's opinion, but I'm not going to say it. Brody Kerbison says, inexcusable. Dean Smeal says, it's a fucking joke. There are all someone's sons. This is effing enough. Wake the hell up, NHL. This is 2021. Stand the fuck up for wrong. Sorry for all the F-bombs, but this is horrible. That's Dean. Delivered that not in the way that I wanted to from the beginning, but you're right, Dean. And, you know, you are very connected to the hockey community as well. So it's it's time for a change. Coach Dan and Sons. Yes, it is, Brady's. Sorry if I don't get to your comments. Tanner Wilshaw, out there in Swift Current. What's up, Tanner, my guy? Go check out the Final Shot podcast. Voices make a difference. Keep talking. Tanner wants to come play one shift. The retired professional fighter, Tanner Wilshaw. Get him in the lineup, Maxville. <laughs> Lindsay Schmidt watching. That's where I got this. Daniel Miner's sister. Absolutely disgusting that someone would say that, but also goes to prove that everyone is fighting their own battle. It's so true. It's so true. And cooler heads did eventually prevail. We hugged it out, shook his hand, and now we're friends. <laughs> so I'm hoping that you know it can be more like that and less all of that. Sandra, thanks for watching. Thanks for all you're doing. Celine, thank you. Coach Dad and Sons, thank you. Matthew Meanser, let's go Sabres. Go Sabres, go. Everybody else, thank you for watching. Also, guess what? I'm going to be joining Coach Jeremy Rupke from How To Hockey. If you're on social media, you know who Jeremy Rupke is. How To Hockey. He lives close by. He's recruited me for his beer league team. So I'm going to get down to Barry, play some beer league with Coach Jeremy, how-to hockey, one of the most uh, predominant hockey influencers in the world on social media, which is very cool. Great guy. I'm very, very, very much looking forward to that. I feel like I'm forgetting something. It is also Movember. I've now been growing this mustache for over a year as my commitment to 
men's, mostly mental health issues, but men's health issues. I We added a puck support mustache on this guy or a mustache on the puck support guy. Kind of looks funny, but that's get out there, grow your mustache, support the cause. It's also hockey fights cancer month and there is a picture uh, Maxwell Mustangs go check out at Maxwell Mustangs on Instagram uh, I'm featured in the picture but I just want to give a shout out Donna Reed up here in Muskoka fighting the battle of her life Donna I love you fighting for you every step of the way you got this you're you're a warrior you're strong don't ever give up Get back out there and play on the ice. There I am in action there. This guy behind me, I played against some pro my last year before really falling into my addiction. So it was cool. I got to catch up with him. But if you're struggling, this is the last thing I'm going to say. If you're struggling and you're having a hard time finding happiness, getting out of a rut, whatever it is, take a second, reflect back to your childhood and find out what made you tick more than anything else. What turned your crank as a kid? Ask yourself, how often do you do that now? Would it be something you're interested in? Is it hockey? Is it skating? What is it? There's so much, so many great things that this world has to offer, so many great experiences that we can all have. We all have this choice every single day, constant choices, how we're gonna spend our time, how we're gonna spend our time. The late Rob McDougall, my friend Rob McDougall, just tragically passed away, sat me down and said to me, flipped over an hourglass like this with sand, right? And he put it in front of me and he said, you only have so much sand. How are you going to spend your remaining sand in your life? Time is not infinite. Pick yourself up, do something you love, and never, ever give up on yourself. Thank you to Lando Snipes. Thank you to my friend Todd Holt. And thank you to all of you who watched live or listened, Spotify, podcast, Apple Podcasts, all those places. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. Please share this with your friends if you liked it. If you didn't, don't bother. But that's what I rely on is people sharing this and just getting the word out. If there's somebody you'd like to see on my show. If there's something you'd like to see us talk about, let us know. My friend, Justin Bryan's going to join the show very, very soon to talk more about addiction and mental health. Former hockey player. He's now a life coach. And uh, he's also friends with Matt Fadden, um, who is the brother of the late Mitch Fadden. Justin Bryan is actually the one who, had to break the tragic news of my friend Mitch Fadden passing away. So Justin joins the show next. I'm not sure when that's going to be, but I am on the Hungry for Hope podcast tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, live on Facebook, YouTube. I'll have all the links on my social media pages. So if you want to watch that more pertaining to my story and what I'm doing, you can check that out and just appreciate every single one of you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for not judging me at least in the open. It's been a wild, almost two years. And 
I've changed a lot. Things have changed a lot. There's still a long ways to go, but I just so appreciate all of you guys. This was a hope and a prayer at the beginning. And I feel like it's turned into something, at least for me personally, that is pretty damn special. And I owe it to all of you guys. This is what's kept me going, all my guests, all the supports. I love you guys. Thank you. I'm trying to hold it together right now. It's been a tough, tough week hearing all this stuff. It brings up stuff for me personally. And I know it brings up stuff for others who have gone through something similar. So remember, you're not alone. Reach out for help. Be kind. Always be grateful. And remember, have a great day. If you so choose. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to Aubrey at PrideTape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey at PrideTape.com. You can find PrideTape on Facebook.com slash PrideTape, on Twitter at PrideTape, and at PrideTape on Instagram. PrideTape thanks all of you for being champions for change. I want the real stuff, everybody listen up Cause I'll only say it once, I'm gonna show you all the path If you want it bad, I'm gonna show you every side Yeah, how you can get it back, yeah, cause I ain't never done I'll be number one, working hella hard until I get just what I want Yeah, rise just like the sun, yeah, fatal like a gun Shooter's gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until I fall yeah. Always do it on my own, so I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow till I finally prove it. Never listen to the nose, I just wanna keep moving. Yeah, I put out all the heart, it's my only medicine. Yeah, everything I do, I'm just being genuine. Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed, feel my own adrenaline. Yeah, I do just what I do, and I hope you let me in, let me in, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm stable. Oh yeah, no playboy. Oh yeah, you know me. I have only but that I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to win. Yeah.